How we view God has a lot to do with how we view gatherings like this. And if you see God as the big boss, then this is a duty, right? If you see him as a loving father who wants to spend time with you, you see this as an opportunity. Kind of, you take your pick, and I think some of us get caught between both things, where we're trying to wrestle through what, what should my perspective of God be, and, and how do I put that into application? What I'd like to do is walk through some passages where Jesus, uh, one of the biggest conflicts he had with religious leaders while on earth was over the Sabbath. And I just want to draw attention to some of those things. Um, in Matthew chapter 12, um, it, there's, he's on the Sabbath day, he's walking through fields with his disciples, and they're picking heads of wheat, and, and the, and the uh, religious leaders end up going, or the Pharisees go, you're not supposed to do that. You know, and it's kind of that protecting God's uh, credibility. You know, you, tattletales, you know, they're looking for, to take care of the family, right? Oldest child syndrome, uh, well, at least until the younger ones get old enough to pick up where that takes off. I'm oldest child, so I, every now and then I'll take a poke, but I'm not going to maintain it, of course. You understand that by now. It was a bad joke, and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I won't give up. I'll keep trying. That's just the... <laughs> the Pharisees are you know, keep chomping on Jesus over the Sabbath idea, and his perspective of it is so different from theirs. And what I'd like to suggest to you is that regularly we tend to take the Pharisees' perspective of what time with God is all about. And I'd like to try to take a shot at that this morning. Uh, in this particular passage, Jesus comes back with several responses, and he ties them in knots, basically. He gives the illustration of David eating sacred bread or bread that had been designated as part of a worship sacrifice. And obviously that was against the rules, but nothing happened to David in that. In fact, um, what really ties folks up, though, is that these guys were claiming to be children of David, relatives. And so Jesus is saying, uh, you're relatives of the law breaker. You know, you're the lawbreaker's kids. And so, you know, that's messing with their heads, I'm sure, that they're having to deal with that and, and that subtle poke. Um, but then he goes on and says, uh, the priests, they're working in the temple, but surely you understand that the temple is the building for something bigger. You know, so that the priests are working on the Sabbath, but it's okay because they're a participant in something bigger. And the temple is not what it's all about. It's not trying to protect the temple. There's something more than this going on. He says, don't you know what the Scriptures mean? They say, instead of offering sacrifices to me, I want you to be merciful to others. You know, in some ways, he's saying tattletales, nitpickers, Family lawyers, I use that in a broad term. You know who the family lawyers are. That's not fair. 
uh, it's listen up. He wants mercy coming out of our lives. And so he's not saying, I'm just not about all the sacrifices and your duties, but I want you to be participant in mercy. He goes on to say in this passage, Son of man is Lord over the Sabbath. And in this the, the Son of Man is a term that was associated with the Messiah. I'm not sure exactly what Matthew is, is going after here. If you go to Mark's account, he said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And, and so he's drawing this illustration that this was supposed to be a good thing for you. It wasn't supposed to tie you in knots. And, uh, you know, that's, that's intriguing where this goes then is in Matthew, back to Matthew, uh, Matthew includes another account, and it says Jesus from there goes into a synagogue, you know, a religious house, uh, where they're worshiping, and he heals a man, and, and the question is asked, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And, you know, where it, what takes that on is, is this whole thing of, you know, if, if you had a crisis in your family, you'd take care of the crisis. You know, it says if, if you had an animal that was in trouble, you'd go take care of it. Why wouldn't God want to take care of people on this Sabbath? But, you know, it, it's so convoluted by this time that they're just, you know, they're tying themselves in knots for things that, that aren't appropriate. So um, that said, um, Jesus heals the man. And he gets them so angry that the Pharisees go off and plot how they're going to kill him. So this is really a, a crisis issue in regard to faith. What I want to draw you back, though, is to Genesis and some of the original design connected with our lives and point out something. Um, I had the privilege of, of addressing the youth out at Gwyn, and I was talking about working in, and I was, I was going through Genesis how... In the very beginning, God designed us for work, right? When he says, rule over the fish of the sea and all everything else, he is designing a stewardship facet of our lives that says we have a responsibility. It's kind of like you saying, you know, God could have just taken care of Goliath, but he chooses to work through us for the, the, the affecting of his kingdom here on earth. So even from the very beginning, he has assigned work for Adam, and he puts him in the garden to work. And, you know, you, you look at that and go, okay, but you know that with work you get tired, right? And in that, there's also restoration or a time for it. But, okay, I, I'm jumping ahead one thing. At the end of time, Timothy says that we will rule with him. So if from the very beginning of time he makes humanity with this idea that you're going to be working, and at the end of time there's a work involved for your lives, then what's happening in between is appropriate that work be a part of our lives too, right? At least that's my assumption. Now here's the kicker. He creates them. And then the very next day, you know, day six, the very next day, he takes a day off. Now, in our family, 
the kids are growing up, a day off meant the dad got to spend some time with the kids. If God takes a day off after creating humanity as kind of the high point of creation, what's he going to do on that day off? He's not going to the Bahamas. You know? <laughs> Been there, seen that, made it. You know, it, what's the most interesting part of the thing for him? It's the creation that he made like himself. And, and so, you know, the Scripture doesn't say this specifically. I admit that. But where my mind with, goes with it is that he'd have been spending time with them. And, you know, in some ways, Adam would go, i got a thousand questions to ask you, you know. And God would have introduced sarcasm and said, I thought I made you smarter than that. Is that all you got? You know, I, no, it just... I'm sure there was dialogue. But if the idea of Sabbath starts with this wonderful connection, how much potential does a gathering come? I mean, isn't it true when you come to the house of the Lord, it's not just, I hope to meet with God each and every time I'm here. So is that inappropriate or is that really a, a small idea of the potential that every time we take like that holds. I mean, if from the very creation, God takes a day off and says, okay, let's just get together and have a good time. I know it doesn't say that specifically, but that's where my mind goes with it. Let's, let's walk through the wilderness thing. Because he, he takes them out of Egypt and he establishes Sabbath into the to, to Israeli, Israeli law. He, for that group of people, he makes some very specific rules. But notice how it starts. He, he gives them manna, Exodus 16, and he says... On the sixth day, I'll give you two days' worth so you don't have to work on the seventh because I'm going to make that day special or holy. So what's happened? He's not saying, you're going to have to work harder so that you can do what I want you to do. He's saying, I'm going to provide extra so that you can take a day off and seek me. There's, there's, a, there's quite a difference here, Right? If it's like, okay, I'm going to go to church because i to do the God thing. You know, i got so much stuff going on, but I, I just know I need to do this. Or if it's as perspective, he's given me enough time, and he's going to hold the, the weight of things for a while so that, that I can back off. We can chase this relationship thing for a while. Vastly different perspective, right? Yet he, before he institutes the law, he makes the provision so that they can sustain themselves. 
when the law comes. So in the 20th chapter, then, he, he institutes it. And then when they're reviewing things in Deuteronomy, reviewing the Ten Commandments, when he addresses the Sabbath day, he says, remember, you were slaves in Egypt. And the mindset that should have been is, you didn't get days off in Egypt. You were slaves. You were working all the time. You were being forced into things you didn't want to do. And you were, there was a, a stress on your lives that was oppressive. And he's saying, I've given you a break. I've given you a day off. I've provided for you. So remember, you know, just remember what was, but what now is. And then he says to the Israelites, observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between you and me for generations to come. So again, he's saying, this isn't the whole picture, but it's a sign. Now here's an interesting perspective from Paul out of Colossians. He says, don't let anyone judge you. Oh, excuse me, I'm a little bit ahead of myself. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So he says... Your salvation is through Christ, and your sins being forgiven is not connected to the law, but is connected to Christ. This wonderful, wonderful thing that's transpired for us. Paul then applies it to this and says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So even this whole concept of this, this time is a shadow of something that's even better. So I'd suggest to you that if it started out with this incredible opportunity of day two, and God taking a day off, potentially to fellowship with his children, the ones made in his image, and the shadow of what Paul saw in regard to Sabbath was, he says, there, there was something much grander involved with this. And if at the end of time it says, now the dwelling of God is with man, and he will wipe away every tear from the eye, that's a restoration moment, right? And that's a community thing with him? Then I'm suggesting you do that today, when we gather, there's opportunity for us to have fellowship with him, and this can be a joyous opportunity of connection. And it's not anchored into the duty and habit and must and should. But rather, each and every time we back off and open up the door to meet with him, that there's this privilege of him being ready to speak with us as well. What an incredible thing that is. It has to do with how we view our God. 
Is he the big boss just cracking the whip and saying, do this? Or is it the father that's saying, let's take some time off? It's been a while since we got to just do something. I think that's what he wants in our lives. I encourage you to just chew on that for a while and, and let it take place. Stand with me, will you? We thank you for your scripture that speaks life to us. We ask that you will help us to understand what you truly desire to accomplish in our lives with us and how the, the, the goal of fellowship was there from the beginning of time and shall be throughout eternity. We open up our hearts in this moment and ask you to speak to us even now. Amen. There's a place for work, in a sense, within the family business, where God has a specific thing for each of us, an opportunity, but also there's a very specific place for restoration and rest, and trying to find both is what uh, is a part of our lives. So I encourage you to uh, allow him to speak even this day and just say, okay, Lord, what... Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to give me instruction as to a job search, you know, what, what I'm supposed to be about, or you just want to blow my mind with something? Awesome. You know, what's, what's your desire? Then do it. Lord, I pray your blessing and rest on these, your people. I pray they understand the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy the work that you have established for them with increased joy, the restoration and rest that you desire for their souls as well. Thank you that you've designed both into us. As they go out into the community, I pray that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I pray that their deeds will be fitting with the workings of your kingdom, that you enable them with the supernatural. Be exalted and lifted up, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day.